on this episode of Fantasy NFL Today. Back to the ESPN ADP rankings. We covered rounds one through four, the top 48 fantasy football players. And now we'll be chopping up rounds five and six, the top 72, where the draft starts to get real, real juicy. So put the pedal to the metal because these drafts are coming up fast and furious. Lots of good information to get through and it all starts now. Fantasy NFL Today presented by Hoopball. Today is Wednesday, August 25th, and a happy birthday to me. Yes, your host, Anthony Germain. You can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And feel free to send me a lovely birthday gift to that exact address. It is my birthday, and I'm still here potting for you lovely people because draft season is upon us. Some of us have our drafts this weekend, some of us have our drafts next weekend, and others will wait until the very last minute to get their drafts done. So we are back here, and we are continuing to go through these ESPN ADP rankings. We covered the first four rounds already, a la the top 24. So if you missed those episodes, please be sure to go back and check those out. Be as prepared as you can. Get your mocks in and mock whenever you can. Whenever you have some free time on your hands during your day, fire up that app and mock, mock, mock. You want to be so familiar with that board that you can basically draft blindly. You want to be that good. You want to be that confident going into your draft. So if you missed those episodes, again, go back and check them out because football is right around the corner. Find out who we think you should be avoiding at all costs and who we pinpointed as possible league winners already within those first four rounds. Also, keep in mind, there are a lot of moving parts as we get closer. Some guys that we were high on in July, maybe not so much anymore. Some key injuries have been happening already, and it will certainly impact our rankings. So as we hit through the top 72 today, there's a running back listed in this ADP that I liked as a strong flex player who's now out for the season. I'll explain what to do and how this affects the ADPs when we get there. So like I said, we already covered rounds one through four. We'll be starting with round five. And by this point, just as a reminder... You really want to solidify your rosters with skill position players within the first four rounds. Don't worry about a quarterback within the first four rounds. You're really looking to have, you know, three running backs, one wide receiver, or two running backs, two wide receivers. You just really need that nice, solid foundation built with production and consistency. We're not looking to take any big gambles early. That is how you get into trouble. That is how you get off to a very bad start in fantasy football. And that is what the later rounds are for. We will take our shots. We will gamble later on in the draft. This is all the research we've been doing. We've been able to pinpoint the guys that we're going to grab later on in the draft that will help you win your league. And this is why I do the robust running back draft strategy because the wide receiver position is deep and there's a lot more options to target in the wide receiver position that can boom. So as we enter round five, 
this right here is where we start to look for our quarterback if one makes sense and grab him. And in this case, we would grab any of these two quarterbacks I'm about to talk about that are listed here in this ESPN ADP rankings. At number 49, they have Patrick Mahomes and at number 50, Josh Allen. And I'm going to be real honest with you. You are not getting Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in the fifth round. If Patrick Mahomes is available in the fifth round, you better be all over that. But unfortunately, I'm telling you right now, that will not be the case. 99% of all mock drafts or any best ball league that I have participated in to this date, I have never seen Mahomes reach the third round. He's a great quarterback. He's a fantastic quarterback. Last year in 2020, he finished as the QB4. In 2019, he was injured, missed a few games, but finished as the QB eight. And he had his best season that first year. He really started in 2018 when he finished as the QB one. He threw for 50 touchdowns that year, but hasn't come close to that since. Last year, he was coming off the boards in the first round. But you could have drafted Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, or Aaron Rodgers much, much later in the draft. And all three of those guys finished ahead of him. Josh Allen's ADP last year was 82, Kyler Murray 59, and Aaron Rodgers 76. So as good as Mahomes is, and he very may as well finish as the QB1 this year, it's just not worth it to draft a quarterback within those first four rounds. There are way too many really, really good, talented skill position players that you cannot miss out on. And when you take the quarterback early, like a Mahomes in round two, you're now missing out on another workhorse running back or a premium wide receiver one or one of the big three tight ends. There are at least seven really good starting quality QB1 quarterbacks that you can draft at least five rounds later than round two by getting Patrick Mahomes. So if you can get Mahomes in round five, more power to you, but it's not happening. I will give ESPN credit here though. They are putting him this low on their ADP rankings because I think they do realize it is smarter to wait on that quarterback. So the fact that they're acknowledging that, I will give them credit for that. But I'm telling you, again, he is not going to be there for you in round five. And don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Don't subdue to the temptation of Patrick Mahomes. It's really hard. And I get it. You might have landed Saquon Barkley in round one and coming around back to you in that round two. Patrick Mahomes is on the board. Woo-hoo-hoo. Ooh, that sounds sweet. Saquon and Mahomes. But as we talk about a lot on this pod, that running back position dwindles quickly. So when it gets back to you in round three, the running backs aren't as sexy. And you keep saying, oh, I'll wait. I'll wait another round. So maybe you draft a wide receiver, but now you're not even in the tier one wide receivers anymore. You're drafting somebody that I like, Allen Robinson or a Keenan Allen, but they're not the tier one guys. They're not the DeAndre Hopkins, the Stefan Diggs, the Calvin Ridley's that you might have had an opportunity to grab in that second round. So you're behind a tier and wide receiver, and then you're waiting further and further down to get that running back who's most likely going to be involved in a split back situation. So although tempting pass on Patrick Mahomes and the feeling is mutual for the next quarterback on this list Josh Allen he finished as the QB1 last season just an absolute steal for anybody that drafted him at that 82 ADP last year you know the expectations were low considering his accuracy woes 
but he ended up being a true league winner. And we can find another quarterback like a Justin Herbert or a Jalen Hurts this year to be that guy. Now, you might be laughing at Jalen Hurts, and it's true. He might not be a good NFL quarterback in real life on the field, but we're talking about fantasy football. Jalen Hurts is a dual threat quarterback. He will crush you with his legs. Rushing yards are important in fantasy football. So one of my sleeper quarterbacks that you can get in round seven is Jalen Hurts. But again, with somebody like Josh Allen, he's also not going to be available in round five. Most of the drafts I've participated in, I'm seeing Josh Allen come off in round three. But I do love Josh Allen. There's nothing to hate about Josh Allen. The best thing about him is that most of that Bills team from 2020 is returning for this season in 2021. The coaching staff remains intact. The team basically remains intact. May, my, you know, We swapped out a receiver there. We have Emmanuel Sanders now instead of John Brown. But everything is there, so we should see a similar production from Josh Allen. 37 passing touchdowns is certainly not out of the question. And you're pretty much guaranteed to get at least 500 rushing yards where he's pushing the limit of double-digit rushing touchdowns. So a great quarterback to own, but we're not taking a quarterback over the skill positions within the first round. And if you want Josh Allen, you're most likely going to have to take him in the third round. You can get Russell Wilson in round five. You can get Dak Prescott in round five, right here where he should be on these ADPs. Well, not so much where he should be on the ADP, but where he should be coming off the board in your real draft. So again, don't waste a third round capital on a quarterback. There's, you know, there's still going to be guys like Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, Daryl Henderson, and DeAndre Swift. Though all those guys will still be on the board, and they're just too good to pass up. At number 51, the Arizona Cardinals are literally playing fantasy football with a real NFL team. Chase Edmonds. The Cardinals are playing fantasy football, and they're playing it the way I absolutely hate. The zero RB strategy. And they proved it. They let Kenyon Drake walk, promoted Chase Edmonds to the quote-unquote starter, didn't draft a single running back in this year's NFL draft, and signed James Conner. But let's not kid ourselves. This is an air raid offense. They run four wide receiver sets the most out of any team in the league. This is a team that likes to air it out and air it out often. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They drafted Rondell Moore, a very popular rookie wide receiver this year. Their number one priority is to air that ball out. And yes, Edmonds is listed as the starter. But if we're being honest with ourselves, this is a running back by committee. So this is exactly why I preach the robust running back draft strategy. Look at who's available here in the fifth round. This is the best option that they're leaving you with, Chase Edmonds, because he's a starter for the Arizona Cardinals. If you don't have at least two workhorse backs before you hit this round, you're screwed. You are so screwed from the running back production. You're basically waiting for a big-time injury to happen. You're waiting to strike gold. You load up your roster with running back by committee backs, and you're waiting for that injury to happen. You're waiting for a Derrick Henry to go down and blow your whole budget on a Darrington Evans. That's what you're doing. So that's why it's important to get those backs. For me, just the way this offense operates, I know they're going to pass the ball to Edmonds, and he's probably going to get chunk yardage here and there. But this offense is predicated off that pass game. Also, Kyler Murray runs around a lot. He will be chewing up a lot of those rushing yards. 
So for me, it's a pass on Edmonds. I think the ADP is too high. Now, number 52 is interesting with Javante Williams, the rookie running back with the Denver Broncos. Starting running back Melvin Gordon is dealing with a groin injury, but this will still be a running back by committee slash split backfield. I do like Javante a lot, but you have to understand this is going to be a very, very slow process. Javante really hasn't shown out that much during preseason, and he's dealt with a little bit of a fumbling issue. So I think once Melvin Gordon is good to go, and he probably will be good to go for week one, he's going to get the starting nod. And we'll have to start to see more and more from Javante Williams as the season goes. It's going to be a very slow process. The better he does, or if he starts to outperform Melvin, he'll get more carries. But in the beginning, it's definitely going to be a split backfield. So if you plan on taking Javante, you better have a backup plan in place. It's basically the 2020 Jonathan Taylor phenomenon all over again. Meaning he'll be a very frustrating running back for the first half of the season, but could end up being a league winner down the stretch. So all I'm saying is you better have a plan to keep your team afloat early on in the season. You're going to want to draft a running back much later in your draft, someone like a Tevin Coleman or a or a Raheem Mostert, someone that's going to get the start early and keep your team afloat. We know these running backs, these Tevin Coleman's, these Mostarts, we know they're going to lose the grasp on that starting gig as the season goes on. But once Javante starts to get hot and take over that starting job in Denver, you won't need Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostert anyway. The only downside to doing this is by the time you get to the back end of your draft and you need that running back that can fill in for a little bit, you might miss out on a potential boom player. You know, a lot of the sleepers we've been talking about, the Elijah Moores, now the Marquez Calloways, you might miss out on one of those guys because you're going to need somebody to fill in at that running back position. But I do like Javante. I think he will eventually take over that job. They wouldn't have drafted him that early if that wasn't the case. Just don't draft him as your RB2 and expect things to happen right away. And here we go at number 53. It was Travis Etienne. Oh, and this is what I was referring to earlier in this pod. Things change the closer we get. Key injuries happen. Travis Etienne goes down with a Liz Frank injury, and it's in his midfoot, so he has been declared out for the rest of the season. I had ETN slated as a very strong flex player based on his familiarity with the quarterback Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. And with the way Coach Urban Meyer runs his football team, it seemed like a great fit and a strong flex option. But we can crumble that paper up and throw it right in the waste bin because he is not an option. And the J-Rob owners are back from the grave. They're pounding their chest. They even denied it when the Jaguars took ETN in the first round of the draft. That's how crazy some of these J-Rob truthers are. But here they are again. And here we are again. And we have to look at this realistically. We have to resurrect J-Rob up from the depths of hell and bring him into this round. He has to be a third rounder. He's a starting running back, and he was really good last year. It is still a little murky with Carlos Hyde being in the picture. Carlos Hyde is a former Ohio State Buckeye, and as we know, Urban Meyer was the head coach of the Buckeyes for many years. So who really knows how heavily he plans to use Hyde? But I have to assume at this point, James Robinson is the RB1. 
Maybe as high as ETN at 53 here might be a little too high until we get more information. But, you know, I'm thinking by the time our draft night comes around, I'm thinking we're going to see James Robinson come off the board at the end of the third round or early fourth round. And that's probably fair. That's probably fair. But man, what a huge blow to that Jaguars organization. I was really looking forward to seeing Lawrence and ETN, you know, connect at the pro level. Fortunately, we won't get to see that until next year. And the Jags just don't look good so far. I know it's preseason, but they, they have not looked that great. But anyway, at number 54, we have Kareem Hunt. Another running back that will split carries and not even a full split. With Kareem Hunt, we're looking at 8 to 12 touches per game. A very talented back, I might add. But unfortunately for him, he is stuck behind the best pure runner in the game, Nick Chubb. And it seems like it worked when you look at it on paper. But keep in mind that Kareem Hunt ended up starting five games because Nick Chubb got hurt last year. Hunt went for over 1,100 all-purpose yards and 11 touchdowns and actually finished as the RB10, which is incredible for a running back that doesn't get as many carries as the starter. But don't expect Hunt's output to be as good as it was last season. Basically, Kareem Hunt's role is a goal line back, a glorified goal line back. Once Nick Chubb does all the dirty work and gets the team all the way down the field, wherever they are after that 20-yard line, they'll resort to Kareem Hunt. Basically, Kareem Hunt is a touchdown-dependent running back. And it's not terrible because Cleveland is a run-heavy team. But at this ADP in the fifth round, we're now starting to look at Hunt as a flex player, and I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. I think I feel a little more comfortable as an RB4, somebody to slot in on a bye week, but as a consistent flex player, there's just not enough consistent substance there. So Kareem Hunt is not somebody I'm targeting. Hopefully, in my dream scenario, in my real draft, I should have three workhorse backs by the time I get to round five anyway. Because I don't like to deal with these situations. I don't like to deal with Kareem Hunts. I don't like to deal with James Robinsons. I don't like to deal with Chase Edmonds. It's a mess down here. I feel gross just talking about this. I feel grimy. So now that we're past that chum bucket of ADP rankings, we have some fun receivers here to talk about. Two of my favorite wide receivers in this year's draft, T. Higgins and Deontay Johnson. Both in very similar situations, being submerged in a talented wide receiver pool. You know, with Deontay Johnson being with Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster. You have T. Higgins, who's with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. But I think ESPN got the ADP right here. The fifth and sixth round is where I'm seeing these guys really come off the board in the draft. And I love them. I absolutely love both of them. Deontay and Higgins are the cream of the crop, in my opinion, of their respective teams, at least for this 2021 season. If I had to make the choice between the two of them, and I've had to do this often, I'm always taking T. Higgins because of his size. Because of his size and the Bengals are most likely going to be playing from behind often. The Bengals defense is atrocious, where on the other side, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is one of the best in the league. So with that Bengals bad defense, they're going to be playing from behind all the time, which means they're going to have to catch up all the time, which means lots of air yardage. And T. Higgins looks so good this year. So good. He looks a little thicker. He's snatching the ball out of the air with a, with a vengeance. He just looks faster. At this moment in his career, he has more experience than Jamar Chase. Burrow's a little familiar with him. You know, the last time Burrow played with Jamar Chase was two years ago. 
So I'm going Higgins over Deontay. But if Higgins is unavailable, I'll gladly take Deontay. And I still feel great about that. I know everyone is hyped on Chase Claypool. But I can tell you, as a Claypool owner last season, Claypool lost reps to James Washington down the stretch. He was splitting time with him. And in my opinion, Claypool is somewhat of a very poor man's DK Metcalf. He's big. He's fast. But his speed really only comes in that straight line speed. So Deontay is my favorite receiver within this group. I'm taking Deontay over Juju, and I'm taking Juju over Claypool. So as a mid-fifth round pick right here for T. Higgins and Deontay, it's just great value. And don't be afraid to pull that trigger. We have another receiver here at 57, Odell Beckham. And although his ADP has finally sunk, finally, he's been overpriced for the last three or four years. He's still overpriced. Since his first three seasons with the Giants, he hasn't produced like the star he was made out to be. All he is at this point is a celebrity in fantasy football, and you're overpaying for the name. Sure, he's talented, and he's deemed the number one wideout, but that's not how Cleveland's offense works. We just talked about this with Kareem Hunt. Head coach Stefanski comes from all those years with the Minnesota Vikings offense. Run heavy, play tough defense. Run heavy, play tough defense. And what we learned about the Browns since Baker Mayfield has been there, since Odell Beckham has been there, the more they spread it out, the better the offense is. You know, they kind of got into trouble the more they tried to force feed Odell to keep him happy. And once Odell went down with the injury last year, I think it all clicked for everybody and they said no more. So I really don't see them force feeding Odell anyway. So don't waste your fifth round capital on Odell Beckham. Don't get sucked into the fame and the celebrity status of OBJ. At 58 is Jamar Chase. We kind of hit on him already. I do think he's a solid option here at the back of the fifth round. Yeah, just I wouldn't th think too much into the negative press he's receiving at the moment with the drop passes and, and whatever's going on. Last year, we kind of had this same vibe with Justin Jefferson. The Vikings wouldn't start Justin Jefferson. They started this guy called Bissy Johnson because Justin Jefferson wasn't coming along quick enough. And then look what happened. Boom, a big blowout. So there is potential here for Jamar Chase because he certainly has the talent. He has the the alpha body, wide out one, everything you're looking for. I mean, like this is this guy is going to be a stud for years to come. So I do think the value is good. Don't listen to the Tyler Boyd hype that much. Tyler Boyd's definitely going to play. I think he's going to get phased into the slot a little more. But Jamar Chase is a good option. I think the ADP is correct. I think it's a great grab if you can get him. And I still think he produces at a high-end level. At 59, we have Chase Claypool we already talked about. And then we have three tight ends in a row. Mark Andrews to close out the fifth round. TJ Hawkinson as the first pick in that sixth round. Followed by Kyle Pitts, the rookie tight end prodigy with the Atlanta Falcons. This is your last chance to get a premium tight end. We have our big three in Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle as our tier ones. And then in the tier two, we have our Mark Andrews, our Hawkinsons, and our Pitts. This is your last chance. If you miss out on any of these guys, punt the position and wait until the very end to get two tight ends. Mark Andrews is always a solid option. Any Baltimore tight end over the last 10 years has been a solid option. He's been consistent and he has nice chemistry with Lamar Jackson. That's not changing anytime soon, especially with the injury to rookie wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews becomes even a bigger factor for those red zone targets. TJ Hawkinson here at 61. 
I think I actually prefer Hawkinson over Andrews because he's like Darren Waller in the sense that Hawkinson is the only true receiving threat on that team. Head coach Dan Campbell, the new head coach for the Lions, was a former tight end himself and coached the position for years. So that should certainly boost Hawkinson's value a lot. But I got to be honest, I don't know if I'm buying into the hype or whatever the case may be. I am in love with Kyle Pitts. He is one of my targets to get here in the fifth or the sixth round. If any of the quarterbacks I was interested in are gone, aka Lamar Jackson. But if Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert are also on the board, I'm taking Kyle Pitts and then getting my quarterback in the sixth round. All reports out of camp are saying Pitts is lining up all over the field. Julio Jones is no longer there. Calvin Ridley is the number one threat. But you better believe Kyle Pitts will be featured heavy and often. I think Pro Football Focus ranked Kyle Pitts as the highest tight end prospect to ever come out of college football. And with Arthur Smith now calling the shots, calling the offense, we saw some production out of Jonu Smith on the Titans last year. There's some real serious potential with Kyle Pitts to produce at a high level. And like we talked about, the barren wasteland. So if you miss out on any of these guys, don't even bother with tight end until you get to rounds 13, 14, 15. At number 63, another quarterback, Kyler Murray. And again, you're not going to get Kyler Murray in the sixth round. You're just not. None of these quarterbacks will be available in the sixth round, so let's just get through them right now. 63, Kyler Murray. They have Dak Prescott at 67 and Lamar Jackson at 68. None of that is happening. All of these quarterbacks are going way before the sixth round. And like we already touched on when we talked about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, this is why I say you start to look for that premium quarterback at the beginning of the fifth round. So here's how it's going to go. Mahomes will go in round two. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray will come off the boards late in the third round. Lamar Jackson will most likely go in the fourth round. Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Dak Prescott, because of that shoulder, may make it here to that sixth round. And if he stays healthy, that's great value. So discussing any more of these quarterbacks' ADPs according to this ESPN cheat sheet is pointless. Kyler Murray is a good option, but I'm not selecting him before Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or Josh Allen. And if you're somebody that likes to wait longer on quarterbacks, or you miss out on any of these top guys and you're feeling real depressed about it, you can probably wait one extra round and really cross your fingers and hope that Jalen Hurts is available. Jalen Hurts is a sneaky sneaky quarterback this year with potential to be a QB one slash league winner. I already talked about him earlier, but he really has potential to be this year's Josh Allen and you can get him in the seventh round. But either way, you basically want to get your quarterbacks between rounds five and seven, fill up on those skill positions within the first four rounds. If you miss that window, five through seven on quarterback, there's no more Jalen Hurts. There's no more Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. All those guys are gone. Wait until the back end of your draft. Get a safe quarterback like a Derek Carr, but make sure you also back him up with someone with a ton of potential. Get Trey Lance. Get Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. This way, your safe quarterback like the Javante Williams scenario we were talking about earlier, your safe quarterback can just give you enough points to get by while you're waiting for Trey Lance or Zach Wilson to ascend to stardom. 
you're basically setting yourself up to have a breakout at the quarterback position. 64, 65, and 66, we have Jerry, Judy, Will Fuller, and Michael Gallup. Out of those three, I do like Will Fuller the most. He will miss week one due to a suspension, but that's not really too much to be concerned with. I like Cortland Sutton a lot better as an option than Jerry Judy. Don't think the chemistry is quite there with Drew Locke and Judy as it is with Drew Locke and Sutton. We've seen Sutton produce with Drew Locke in the past. And Michael Gallup is a phenomenal receiver. He's just buried behind that depth chart with Amari Cooper and now CeeDee Lamb blossoming. If Amari Cooper can't stay healthy, then Michael Gallup becomes a very, very valuable wide receiver. He has the talent. He has that big body you're looking for. I was kind of disappointed that the Saints didn't try to trade for him once the Michael Thomas injury happened. But he's still a cowboy, and I'm probably going to pass on all three of these receivers Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson we already hit on. At number 69, Damian Harris showed a lot of promise, a lot of flash last year with the Pats. I think it's safe to say he's the starter. And before the preseason started, I was very high on Damian Harris because the depth at the running back position for the Patriots is not good. But with each preseason game, we keep seeing Ramondre Stevenson bust one out, bust another one out. I mean, he looks good. So now I'm a little more hesitant to take Damian Harris. We know how New England uses their backfield. No matter how good a running back is, he's not guaranteed to start the next Sunday. It's somebody different. So it is safe to say that Damian Harris is the starter, but how far does our trust go with him? So it's a risky pick. At number 70, they have James Robinson, who we already discussed. 71, Robbie Anderson, and closing out the sixth round, 72, Juju Smith-Schuster, who we also discussed. I don't hate Juju Smith-Schuster. There's just a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh, and I think the Pittsburgh offense is going to look a lot different. Last year, they couldn't run the ball, so they developed an offense that was designed to get the ball out super quick. But with Najee Harris now in the scene, they're going to look to get that run game going. They're going to feed him the ball a lot. They're going to pass Najee Harris the ball a lot. There's just too many mouths to feed to take Juju Smith-Schuster. And Robbie Anderson, like we discussed DJ Moore on yesterday's pod, I just really don't like the idea of Sam Darnold. He's a backup quarterback. He's nothing more than that. He wasn't good in college. He plays scared. He has no fire. He has no desire to win. I know he had a connection with Robbie Anderson with the New York Jets, but I just think there's better options at wide receiver as we go further and further down into round seven, eight, nine, and 10. I don't feel the need to draft Robbie Anderson on my team. Well, that's our show for today. That was a little bit of a longer one, but as we get deeper into the draft, it gets more complicated. Remember, we're not going to be the next best available type of drafter on this podcast. We're really going underneath the hood here and dissecting everything. I hope everyone goes away with a little something from this. I know we talked a lot about the quarterback situation, but that's also very important. Be careful and fight off that temptation when it comes to these big premier name quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and now Josh Allen. But Josh Allen wasn't that guy last year. We can get a Jalen Hurts later. We can get a more boring Russell Wilson and almost get the same production as a Josh Allen. So just try to fight that temptation when it's there. Load up on those skill position players early and take your shots later in the draft. Tomorrow, instead of running through round by round at this point, 
I'm just going to highlight the guys we should be targeting through the rest of the draft. There's just no point in going into depth about wide receivers like Devontae Parker or running backs like Latavius Murray. We'll just go through the rest of the ADP rankings. We'll highlight the guys we should be diving down to get because after rounds six and seven, my mantra is go get your guys. Don't play this game anymore. Just go get your guys. Otherwise, somebody else is going to take them and you're going to be disappointed. So we'll get into that. That will be a very fun episode tomorrow. But until then, we will talk to you tomorrow.